0: Go to exponentbeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two, zero, for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. Hi! Well, howdy. Look at you all glam. Um, Did you just catch me taking a selfie? Because I was taking a selfie.
1: (laughs) I missed it. I'm so mad.
0: (laughs) Welcome to this bonus episode of the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. I am so excited to share another author interview, especially because Michael and Smith, aka The Nester, has been someone I've followed online for years and years, but we had never actually spoken until we recorded this. Michaelin has long influenced the way that I think about my home through her blog, and then social media, and then her books, starting with her book The Nesting Place, and then The Cozy Minimalist Home, and now her latest release this fall titled Welcome Home. Her book in our conversation revolves around decorating your home for the seasons without buying a bunch of expensive decor that then you have to store and also signaling to yourself and to your family the cycle of the year, even when you live in Southern California where the temperature doesn't change much. In this episode, I tell Michaelin what a big deal it was for me when she revealed her name online after only going by the nester for many, many years. And then I also blatantly, fully invite myself to her barn in North Carolina. And I'm reminding you that we had never spoken before. I don't know what came over me. Michaelin has such a lovely presence. I just decided that we were friends, I guess. Towards the end of our conversation, she ends up giving me a little pep talk about what it means to create a home and space that are the background of our family memories. And she also reveals a fairly genius way to think about decorating for the holidays that takes a lot of the stress out of it. I don't know why no one has suggested this before. You can follow Michael and Smith as The Nester on Instagram or check out her books, blog, and courses at thenester.com. If you're listening to this before her book, Welcome Home, releases on September 15th, then she has pre-order bonuses available also at thenester.com. Of course, as always, I will link all of this in the show notes, which can always be found at 10thingstotellyou.com podcast. I hope you enjoy our conversation here. It was such a delight to talk about decorating our homes for the seasons with The Nestor, Michael and Smith. Michael I am super, super excited to have you on 10 Things to Tell You. Oh, I am absolutely delighted to be here. I've been looking forward to this all day long. You're so funny. I cannot believe this is actually the first time that we've ever like directly interacted in this way. I have followed you I mean, since I was a baby, baby blogger, I mean, I have followed you for so long. I don't read very many home books or follow a ton of home people. I've read all of your books. I've followed you forever. So I'm just like giddy to have you on. And I can't believe that we're actually talking to one another.
1: It's true. Our paths have crossed so much. Like there's cross stitch all over the world because of it. And I used to do your, what was the all day thing? I forget what it's called, but I used to do that. Yes. It was so fun. Do you still do it? I still
0: do it every single year. I still do it. I still love doing it actually, even on the years. I mean, I'm on year... I don't know, eight or nine or something. Even on the years where I'm like, ugh, I don't really want to do this, but this is a thing I do. I'm always so glad I did it. And when I look back like eight years later and can see what a day in my life looked like, mm-hmm. yeah. I like really love that challenge.
1: I bet. I bet.
0: If I may toot my own horn before we toot yours. <laughs> Please, by all means. (laughs) Um, Okay, I want to talk about your book because I loved it. But first, just in the off chance that a listener maybe isn't familiar with you, can you just give us a brief introduction, a little bit about who you are, where you live, what your work online
1: is? I'd love to hear a whole thing. Oh, I'm happy to do that. Well, my name is Myqueline Smith. I have a Q in my name. It's really hard to pronounce if you look at it. And so when I started online 13 years ago, I just assumed it was a bunch of killers here. And so I went by the nester so that no one would be able to come and murder me. No one's murdered me yet. I found a great community. Uh, But my goal is to help women create the home they've always wanted so that they can use it the way they've always dreamed and I do that through like classes or books or just I mean Instagram is my favorite place to hang out I have events here at my house so whatever it takes I'm happy to do but I just love uh, connecting with women encouraging in their home and most of my community is people who probably wouldn't hire a designer they like to move their own furniture around make their own decisions but just need a little guidance maybe on what to focus on what not to worry about call myself the bossy big sister because I'm happy to give my big opinion but but, um, I'm a mom of three boys. My husband and I have been married 25 years. We have lived in 14 houses. We live in a fixer-upper now. This is our seventh year here, and our boys have all graduated from high school. And so, well, we have them. We have a couple home right now, just because of the unprecedented times. But technically, we don't have kids at home.
0: <laughs> um, I have so many responses to everything you just said. One is, I remember it was such a big reveal when we found out your real name, (laughs) because I followed you for years as the nester. And it was like a, it was like a secret. It wasn't just like, um, you know, like the pioneer woman or something, but everybody knew her name was Ree, but she went by the pioneer woman. The nester's name was like under wraps. Okay. And so I remember when it came out, I mean, it was like, God, I don't know if this is in the time of texting or not, but I remember it was flying around
1: like the Nestor's name. No. Oh, that's hysterical. Did you not know that? No. I mean, I just remember before my first book came out, I was like, oh, I probably should just go ahead and like do a quick post and tell people how to say my name so that when they saw it, they wouldn't faint dead away. But I married a Smith. I mean, my name is literally like an oxymoron. So yeah, to me, it was just like, oh, I no one even cared. So I can't remember. I can't believe it was... Something that's even that's slightly memorable.
0: Oh, it's totally memorable to me. Second, (laughs) I hope that this first conversation between us is going to eventually score me an invite to that barn because it's the only thing I want to do in my life
1: is go to that barn. It's gonna be a letdown, Laura. You're welcome. You've got any time. Come next year. We're we didn't have Nest Fest this year. Come next year. Be one of our be one of our featured authors next year.
0: I would love to come to Nest Fest next year. I've heard about it. it looks amazing. I will not be disappointed. Nest Fest, everyone, is a fall event that Michael and hosts at her barn. It has authors. It has like vendors and stuff
1: right do you want to say a little bit yeah we have food trucks we have yeah we usually have like 10 to 20 authors signing their books we have music a lot of banjos banjos are like my favorite instruments we have to have a lot of those and so it's just a lot of like makers so lots of vintage stuff interesting curated finds and then there's clothing and amazing jewelry it is such a fun day so it's like a thousand people on our property in mid tiny midland north carolina we're outside of charlotte It's always beautiful weather and we have a wonderful time together. So it's my way to kind of have hospitality, even though most of my work is, well, all my work really is online with women I've never met. And I really believe in hospitality. And so this is my way to do it. I just invite the internet to come. A thousand people. Yeah. It's a lot of people. It's 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 not in your house, but like your space. It's in my space. Yeah. That's great because I just walk across the driveway to my house And usually two or three times throughout the day, I go lay on my bed, all the lights off, the blinds close, it's dark. And I just lay in there for like five or 10 minutes and I recharge and then I can go back for a little bit. (laughs) That's so smart.
0: You're an introvert like I am. I'm an introvert, but I do not, I feel like maybe you take care of that side of yourself better than I do. I just run myself ragged and then I cry for three days and I yell at my kids and I like... (laughs) completely fall apart. And then I have the whole, like, why am I falling apart? Like, I mean, I do, I do this over and over and I'm like, why is this the same cycle? Like, why couldn't I just take five minutes like you did and prevent? Oh, well. But there's one other thing I was going to say about your intro that I want oh, I was going to say about your other, your previous books, which we'll really talk about your uh, new book, but your previous books, to me, I read at a time when, I was following more maybe home design people or just it was sort of the boom of Pinterest perfection. And I had little babies and I was really like in a cycle of wanting my house to be beautiful as a reflection of how together I was. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't necessary. I mean, I I took a lot of pride in my home and my husband and I, this is a thing that we bond over like doing our home stuff together. But there was definitely a, a performative aspect of like, if my home looks good, then everyone will think that I'm like doing fine and I wasn't doing fine. And then I remember reading your book and and just following your social and blog and stuff and the, it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. Idea really resonated with me and not just the saying, but that you're showing that and like showing like, this is what it looks like in my home. And I don't know, I just really appreciated that. So I just wanted to say thank you for that.
1: Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you for, I mean, I feel like I owe the internet just a thank you for accepting the imperfection, because really, if it wasn't for someone else accepting it, then you feel like you can't share it. So it's a, it's a two way street.
0: Okay. this is what I preach on my show that somebody has to go first and
1: mm. yes, you know, might as well
0: be, All of us, (laughs) like somebody needs to go first and show and you really showed. And then not to skip to the end of your book, but one of my favorite parts of your book is you show at the end, those different pictures of this is what this actually looks like. I just think that's so valuable that you do it that way because it's one thing to talk about it or to be, to be theoretical about something, but then just to really like show like this is my actual mantle. This is what it actually (laughs) looks like. It's like, I'm like, okay, yes, this is amazing. I loved it. I loved it all. So let's talk about the book, even though I started at the end. We'll come back to the beginning. So the book is about – well. I know what I'm going to say about the book. Why don't you tell us sort of the
1: overall part of the book, and then I'm going to tell you what I want to ask you. Oh, I can't wait for you. I just want you to talk about it the whole time. This is so fun for me, actually. I love it. Okay, I always have to get it out and read the subtitle. So the book is called Welcome Home. Subtitle is A Cozy Minimalist Guide to Decorating and Hosting All Year Round. You know, I wrote this for someone struggling with the same thing that I sometimes struggle with, which is seeing these really lovely styled photos.
0: With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi, Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get five dollars off a Lumi starter pack with code U at LumiDeodorant.com. That equates to forty percent off your starter pack when you visit Lumi L-U-M-E Deodorant D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com and use code U Y O U. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top-quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes just like I did in my Born sandals last summer. Born shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to BornShoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's Born B-O-R-N Shoes S-H-O-E-S. And use promo code TELL, TELL for 15% off and free shipping. Available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time.
1: Uh, whatever the season, whatever season is happening, but especially fall and Christmas, of maybe on Instagram, someone's front porch, and there's this plethora of really beautiful pumpkins coming down both sides of the stairs and mums, and they have 10,000 likes. And I tried to like it, you know, 10 times myself because it's actually really beautiful. But when you sit there, and I know I counted the pumpkins, and there have been between 40 and 80 pumpkins coming down a staircase and thinking, you know, that's really beautiful. And some of these people, like, they're farmers, they have a pumpkin patch, they should totally do that. But I do want to be the voice to say, listen, we can love that, but if that's not for you, if that makes you tired, or if you know that you won't, like, I wouldn't be able to keep up with 87 pumpkins for a year. I, they would just like rot or they wouldn't rot, but you know what I mean? Like they would have mold on them because I would keep them outside and forget about, I'm too lazy. I'm too lazy to pack away and babysit 87 pumpkins, round things. Do you know how hard it is to store big, empty round things and then get them out the next year? If I get them out the next year, I probably change my mind and want a different color or want to do something more exciting. And so I just felt like I want to represent another way like a simpler way that gives us a little more freedom let's support our farmers let's use like fresh and natural stuff there is nothing wrong if you currently have 47 pumpkins trailing down your stairs i want you to know that you should have that and if it brings you great joy i think you should do it every year but for those of us that feels maybe like a burden or an expectation i'm here to say you can still have beauty you can still welcome the season honor the season make your kids excited without going all that way if you don't feel like it.
0: Well, I loved the concept of this book, which is looking at the different seasons and how you can bring the different seasons into your home without buying 47 pumpkins, because I do not decorate my home one iota for the seasons. Not one iota, except for actual Christmas. Now, I get away with this because I live in Southern California where there are no seasons. So like it would be like weird if I put fake snow on the dining table I mean that would just be goofy pants. But I think I started doing that or I sort of made that decision to be like, I'm not going to be that person for two reasons. One was I never felt like seasonal decor was really to my taste. Like a lot of um, it's fall y'all pillows or whatever is just like... Not really me in the first place, even though I actually think that that is darling. When I'm in the store, I'm like, that is so cute. Or if I see it in someone's home, anything like that, I'll be like, that is actually totally darling. I'm very extra about the way I decorate my house. So it's not like I'm a minimalist. It just didn't... I never really found something that fit my own home. Secondly... When my kids were little, and you just have to like sort of choose your battles. And one of the things that I was like, I'm just, this isn't the thing I'm going to take on, which is like changing the home over. I'm just, that's, I'm going to let that go. Well, now the kids are older. I'm having recently in COVID time, I'm having some renewed energy around my home and and sort of refreshing some things in my home. And so when I was reading your book and I, I was reading it and thinking, I don't identify with her examples of go- going overboard in the season because I don't do anything in the season. So then reading what you could do that doesn't involve going to Target and buying all the things, it was just so helpful to me to think about my home in a, in a different way that can align with my taste and also with my energy level. Hmm. That makes sense. So there wasn't a question built in there. So here's what I'm going to ask. Can you just give some examples of like ways that you can change the feel of your home? And I especially loved the examples to me of either consumables or what's the word for things that, that you don't store. Let's just call them consumables. <laughs> consumables. Those were my favorite examples. Cause I, cause they, they gave me no stress. Do so you have some examples yes. of those? And I'll tell you my favorite ones too.
1: Oh, okay. Yes. I mean, first of all, I can relate to, like, I don't decorate for sp- I think a lot of us are like, I'm not pulling bunnies out for spring. I'm not going to put flags, you know, on my mantle for 4th of July. But I do think, first of all, I think you're probably doing things without realizing it. But I think a lot of us want our home to feel in touch with the season and to recognize it. Now, I've never lived in Southern California. I have lived in Florida. And so there were different outdoor triggers, even though the temperature didn't fluctuate hugely. You know, different seashells washed up on the shore, depending on the time of year. Different citrus was in bloom. The palmettos, the palms were doing different things. And so just sometimes recognizing that and bringing some of that in somehow, however that looked, whatever was blooming, that we don't even have here in North Carolina. But it felt like it allowed my home to recognize it was in a community, it was in a location, it was honoring what happened outside and was in touch, because I know we've all gone in a home, like, say it's 4th of July, and go in someone's house, and it's, like, dark, and it's really heavy, and it feels like the house thinks it's, like, the middle of Antarctica at December 24th, and none of us want our house, like, we want our house to kind of feel, like, what's happening in the world, and I think also, I, like, I like to have some visual change in my house. Like I just need that little bit of change. I don't have to buy a new sofa every year or paint the walls, just like a slight change to kind of mark, you know what? We did summer and now we're we're moving on and I can do that whether the temperature changes or not. And so the way that I do that is the same way that we kind of experience, like, again, even when I lived in Florida, I could walk outside and kind of know what season it was because of how I experienced it through the five senses. And so that's what you're asking about are my examples of that. And so, you know, the first thing, let's talk about scent the sense of smell, because it is the number one thing. If it is good or if it is bad, it is the first thing you will notice, whether you're walking in Buckingham Palace or your grandmother's house. If it smells delicious, you're going to notice. If it smells horrible, you're going to notice. And I think we forget about the power of scent, even the effect that it has on our kids growing up. Like We think in order to have all these... Uh, traditions that we do with our kids that we have to, you know, get photos taken alike and uh, go to the fair and the market and, and you can, but you could just have a tradition of lighting a cinnamon candle every fall. And then every fall that's going to smell like fall and home to your kids. And when you get older and when we die, Our kids are going to smell that smell one day and be like, oh my gosh, it smells like mom. It smells like home. Like what a gift. I think that's so wonderful to just remember the power of those small layers of the season that we have control of. And so the, you know, the things that go with scent could be, it could be your candles. If you're not into that, it could be your essential oils. It could be a room spray. I love, you know, the Mrs. Myers products. I love because they have the seasonal soaps. I'm so into that because for $350, I can buy it. You can buy the apple cider dish soap. I use it up and then I don't have to think about it anymore. So I love anything scented because it adds that invisible layer that doesn't take up space that I don't have to store. And then also, sound is another one that I usually is like one of my first things that I go to. So I have a seasonal playlist that we play every single year that is spring, summer fall, or winter. And then I have a separate Chris, uh, Christmas list because Christmas is technically a celebration. So I do like the, the winter one that's going to sound good, whether it's beginning of December or March or whatever. And for what we feel, so here in North Carolina, it does get cold. So I change our sheets. Everyone gets flannel sheets when it gets cold. Everyone gets slippers. Um, I go from like a thin fabric on my pillows and throws to now I get to have, well here, well, they can't see it, but I have like a mink Blanket that I can put on, like anything exotic and furry, I'm so happy to get to use, and it makes sense more in the winter. So, just thinking about those textiles are so fun to layer in. I change my pillow covers, even the color. So, in spring, you know, I might have some pink pillow covers, but then in the fall, I might have some orange pillow covers, something like that. So, and then they fold up. I don't have to buy the whole pillow, I just unzip the cover and fold it up. Uh, And then the taste of the season. probably no matter where you live, I mean, different things come in season at different times. I feel, you know, even where you grew up kind of affects what you like to make in the different seasons. And so, you know, everyone wants to make chili in the fall, no matter what the temperature is, we're all going to make chili. Uh, So thinking through things like that, and then asking myself, like, maybe I don't need another wreath for my door. But do I have a chili pot? do I have bowls to sell, serve the chili? in? Do I have a bread knife? You know, a lot of us don't have those things just to host with those natural things that are kind of like supporting actors for the season. Okay. Did I hit on any of you? Tell me your favorite things. I'm very curious.
0: A few things really resonated with me in the like millions of tips. Your book is just packed full of tips, but what would work for me in Southern California that still applies, there were a few things. One was textiles, like you were saying. So, you know, like just changing out a linen throw, a very light throw from my couch to something hardier, you know, even cable knit, whatever. That still applies here. You're not going to walk into an LA home and just think like, oh, they have a super weird winter throw on their couch. (laughs) Because it, the, the temperatures do vary a little bit enough, but like to me, it was those little kind of things that I thought, oh, that's, that is a signal that isn't super overt or out of place. Um, mm-hmm. It still really works with with my style and taste. And, you know, we always have those kind of layers in our rooms, throws and pillows and things. And then two other things. One was I really liked how you talked about bringing in things from your actual yard. So like I think you call them weeds, which actually made me laugh out loud, but like whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be flowers that will like die, but just like the branches or the leaves or whatever to bring them in from your actual yard. I sometimes see that in like boutique stores, how they like have branches in a vase or something. (laughs) And it it does look nice. Like it does evoke an emotion and you know easy. But you can, like, really style that in a way. I just – that thought hadn't occurred to me to do that in my home, this thing that I see in stores or whatever. So I love that. And then lastly, there's one little part in one of the chapters where you talk about that you have a set of candle stick holders, like candle bases or whatever. Like, you don't buy Christmas candle bases. You just you have a set of holders, and then you put maybe – evergreen scented candles in them or black candles for Halloween or whatever. And that changes the look of the yes. thing, but you only have the same candle holders. Yes. I'm not a, a crazy candle person. And so, but just the, the thought of it like that, of like, oh, you, the base of the thing that you have does not have to be season specific. You are changing out the consumable there. The, the yes. candle is going to get burned down mm-hmm. or it's going to be able to be stored away in a very small. Area, so those are sort of the three things that I really thought, okay, all right, this applies to me in a no season area that I can really, you know, signal to myself and to my family of, you know, just the year, the cycle of the year, which I'm really into cycles right now, so that also appealed. I was (laughs) gonna ask you this about, I feel like what you just said, and then also what you write about in the book is often. You're doing this for your family as a signal to your children or, or as a tradition that you've made around that you hope your children take in their memories. Are your boys aware of it? Are they, I just wonder how your kids like react to you doing this. Are they like mom with the like candles again?
1: (laughs) No, uh, my kids are very aware of it. And I think that's just their natural personality. I can remember one year at Valentine's Day, I didn't decorate. I never really decorate for Valentine's Day, but sometimes I would, I mean, the simplest thing, pull out red books, put some red flowers out and like cook a steak for dinner. And like, so my kids, one year I didn't pull out the red books and and I can remember my son, my youngest say, mom, aren't you going to decorate for Valentine's Day? You better believe I shopped the house for anything red or pink, and it went on the table, pottery, toilet paper, towels. It didn't matter. Anything red was coming out, and that's all it took. But they notice. They, I mean, even my husband loves, like, Christmas decoration and just the cozy feeling, you know, and I think that has to do with, like, our personalities and all of that. But, yeah, they are all about it. One year, we didn't get a real tree. This was recently. This is like, four years ago. So my youngest just graduated from high school and he had a real hard time with a fake tree. So I promised him we would never do that again. He needs, he needs a real tree. (laughs) Was he like, actually just like, this doesn't feel like our family. It doesn't feel like Christmas. it It doesn't doesn't feel feel it doesn't look it doesn't smell it's not right and listen we are not like the Norman Rockwell family where everyone decorates the trees and puts these special balls no they go out and play street hockey while I decorate the tree but then we all come in and watch a movie together you know and so even just the experience of like looking at the tree to him was no not not good and I'm so glad he told me I I loved that I wanted to go buy a new one right then (laughs) Oh, I am glad he told you too. I do think that our childhood homes,
0: there is like, sometimes this is for worse, for, for better or worse, there is some identity. We have some identity things tied up in them, in how our home felt um, or looked or smelled or, you know, all kinds of things. And my, I moved around a lot when I was young and I know you've moved a lot too. And we had this blue floral couch for a long time that like looking back. Might have possibly been hideous, but I didn't know. (laughs) And we moved so often for a while that that blue couch was sort of my touchstone of like Mm -hmm. wherever the couch was, that that said we were home, even if this was a random rental that felt like home to me and even I probably wouldn't have articulated the smell of it and stuff like that, but I'm sure it did have a smell to it. It definitely had a feel to it. It was very comfortable. I do recall. And so Mm -hmm. like, I do think that we are setting our family up for those to be like the background of their memories and of their childhoods. And not to, I don't say that to like add a whole load of pressure to, to families, to parents that they don't need, but I believe that space matters. And in a weird way, I think selfishly, I think a lot about how it matters to me. And as I was reading your book and thinking, oh, I don't really decorate for the seasons. I started to think, I wonder if I could create a thing where it would matter to my kids.
1: I think it was interesting what you said about your blue sofa growing up. Because you have such, you looked very happy and contented when you were like thinking back in your head. About it, and then you said it was hideous. It's like it didn't matter. What mattered was the feeling of home and those like wonderful memories that you had, and how that signaled home to you. You know, I don't know that it matters how we do it because to our kids, you know, we don't have a lot of control over what it is in our house that they're going to identify with home. It could be a smell, it could be the meals, it could be the blue sofa but I think you don't have to worry that you're not doing it because you're already doing it. But I do think we could recognize that we're already doing that and maybe even give ourselves credit for that, but then also know that, Oh, we have control over that. If we want to layer on some more and it doesn't ha- doesn't mean like we have to go all out and buy all of target or, or nothing. There is an in between.
0: Yeah, I agree. And
1: I've just really loved your
0: examples of it not being, that you don't have to spend a lot of money, that you can shop your own house. Because I, I mean, listen, I can't be the only one who thinks this, but I have so much stuff, not seasonal stuff, just like stuff in general. I'll open a random closet and I'll be like, well, what even is this? What is even in here? And it will be like, who knows what? It'll be like, empty storage containers. Who knows why I bought those and then it'll be like, you know, I'm just I'm like I don't even understand what any of this is. And so I have been trying to not buy more stuff, stuff, but just sort of working with what I had or like I already said, what's in the backyard, what can be consumed. So was, I don't know, it was just super super helpful to me to mm. see your like concrete examples of it and because your book is beautiful actual photos. Mm, yeah. Of it. Good. So do you have like sort of closing thoughts, last thoughts that you want listeners to sort of take with them um, to be thinking about as we're, we're like ramping up into the holiday season now, which seems like the easiest time to decorate, but, it, but it's really not actually, because there's just so much involved. <laughs> But do you have any sort of closing thoughts for listeners who might be either overwhelmed by the idea of changing out their home for the season or who aren't even just really sure where to start before they buy your book?
1: (laughs) I do. You know, I think first, again, like as we look to creation, fall happens like one leaf, one orange weed at a time. And there is no expectation that we need to change our house out from top to bottom on a Sunday afternoon, taking four hours and 12 bins and the orange and red bins that we pull out. That is not how it has to be done. And it's not how it's done in the natural world. And so why in the world do we think we need to do that in our home? So Oh, I do think to slowly add layers, start with whatever sense, whichever of the senses maybe feels most appealing or most approachable or that you need the most in your life. Start with that. Like if you need to see visual change, or maybe you don't, maybe you need to, maybe you just enjoy scent and you want to have a different scent in your house, or maybe you enjoy cooking, or maybe textiles is your thing. Like pick a sense and start with that and just identify if maybe the things that you're using in your home feel like they're honoring the current season by what they are through that sense i think that's such an, a simple easy really enjoyable like it should be an enjoyable thing and when if we're thinking about changing our house over for the season and it feels like a burden i think we should pay attention to that i think if that feels that way to you, whether it's Christmas or whatever, then that is yourself letting you know that it, that maybe you need a new way. So I hope Welcome Home can give you an option of a new way. Oh my
0: gosh, I forgot that part in the book. And you're right. I love the slowly layering instead of just being like, now is changeover day. All <laughs> of the bins are out. Change all the sheets, change all the things because that you know, I'm going to put that day off. I'm never going to do that day. Me either. Same. Oh, that sounds exhausting. Yeah. So just to do one thing at a time, like start cooking more fall stuff, you know, start lighting the candles, start changing over the music so that by the time then you get to the, you know, you might have to take a day to decorate your Christmas tree, for example. That might take a day. But you've done these other pieces leading up to like slowly getting yourself into the season. That is so much more appealing to me. Why has no one else said that ever?
1: (laughs) And let me tell you, the real magic, I'm so glad it's fall, like when we're talking about this, the real magic happens in winter. Because if you first, before you Christmas decorate, don't Christmas decorate first. I want you to winterize your home first. When you winterize your home, it is so much closer to feeling festive. You will suddenly feel like the burden is off on all the visual stuff and you won't need to add as much in. Like, of course, you're still going to want to. You're going to have things you love and that feel like Christmas. But I find if I winterize my home first, there's... I only have three bins of Christmas decor now, and I love Christmas decor, but that is all I need because my home already is signaling in all these different ways that it is winter, that it's time to celebrate. So it's kind of amazing.
0: It's kind of amazing. The idea to decorate for winter instead of decorating for Christmas also, like all the nuggets, Michael, and all the nuggets in your book. And in your philosophies. I just, I love what you're putting into the world. So thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about it with me.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. So fun to get to chat with you.
0: I'm Laura Tremaine and you've just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10 thingstotellyoucom slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10things to tell you. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend.